Morning, team. Nice to be company. Thank you, Anthony. We will do the uh, the Oscars a little bit later on, but to, to be honest with you, between you, me and the gatepost, I know nothing about them. It's a lot of very nicely dressed people wearing lots of very nice makeup and really nice outfits, and they turn up and, and people go, you won an Oscar, which is good news. <laughs> so, I mean, it must mean something to them. I mean, I think it's probably quite, quite a big deal, isn't it, in America? The rest of the place, we're going, how long does this ceremony run? And it runs for hours. They rehearse it, they rehearse it. And they've done something different this year, which I don't remember them doing last year, which was when they get uh, various actors to talk about the people who've been nominated, and then, after they've done that, uh, they then show clips and they then talk about them again, and then they announce the winner. It just, it just drags on, though, doesn't it? What are they just saying? The winner is... Whoever. And we all go, huge round of applause. But it's, it's a very tiring night for, for the journos involved who have to stand there and then try and grab the celebrities. And I don't know about you, but, I mean, how people do football commentary, I've got no idea. I can't recognise anybody on a football pitch. I really... I've got no idea. Even with the numbers on, you'd have to be looking down going, right, number four... Two, oh dear. So you see all these American actors crossing the, the carpet and you'd have to be told who they were. They go, that's so-and-so. Oh, is it? oh, right. They know who they are, but it's just that we don't know who they are. Uh, Susan Spence will drop in a little bit later on this morning. Uh, we take all your texts and emails, and uh, we'll also find out how we did in the horse racing, which is good. And what else? Oh, we go through the papers. And believe you me, it's the same old, same old. Is that funny? Three days running. We've had roughly the same stories on the front page. Some of interest, some of no interest to me whatsoever. But uh, I am interested in the fact that there's now a race between uh, Simon Cowell and Piers Morgan as to who's going to get married first. To be honest with you, I don't care either. I just hope that it won't be done through a magazine. I'd be quite happy if they didn't do it through a magazine. So finally people could actually say, oh, look, you know, we're, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Now, I've got this thing up here again. I don't know how that thing ever arrives here. It's sort of... How, does, how do I get rid of that, Amanda? That, that whole box there. So I, we had it... Yes, you have control. Houston, we have control. It sort of popped up yesterday, this this box, and it, and it sort of pops up. And you've, oh, right, thank you. And, um, and and I couldn't get rid of it, because the computer was playing silly beggars the other day. Something dreadful. Uh, Johnny says, sadly, I missed the two interviews of the decade, when Piers Mogadon kept to the well-prepared script and spoke to the governor, Lord Simon Cowell, of television. I remember a time when the public just laughed at the waistline of his trousers. Of course, now he's taken very seriously. Well done, Piers, for showing us how to brown nose and grovel to the boss and get the full-time job hosting the No Shame Factor show. Johnny's always uncut. I'm delighted to hear. I, d- I did see a little bit of it. I have actually been on and caught up with a bit of the interview. It was toe-curlingly embarrassing, but at the same time, quite interesting, because we learned things about Simon that I didn't know before, but then that's what television does. It's supposed to entertain and, and educate, and it certainly educated me on that one. I did find it a real toe-curlingly, brown-nosing, head-up-bottom interview from Piers Morgan. Now, they weren't my words, they was what one of the critics said. <laughs> and, of course, that's what he does, because, as you know, Piers is desperate to be famous. Roy says, I know of no-one outside the media who's remotely interested in the Oscars. Does anybody? I don't know. I'm always intrigued as to why we're interested in the Oscars in this country. I'd be more interested in BAFTAs and more interested in in any other awards given out by the industry. I suppose it's because the Oscars are global and because it's such a big ceremony and because the goodie bag is worth £61,000. I mean, you can only hazard a guess, Roy, can you not, that if you're not earning £61,000 a year, that's just what they got as a goodie bag. That is the sweetener. All the people who turn up, 
There's your goodie bag. OK, well, what's in it? Well, there's a, a safari for two people, and there's this, and there's that, and, and there's some jewellery, and that, and it's worth how much? £61,000. Bloody hell. <laughs> it's a fortune. It is absolutely a fortune. I remember once, one of, one of our Christmas presents from the management here, some years ago, it was a tin of toffees. I thought it was absolutely very apt for a diabetic. Let's give him a tin of toffees. Let's kill him completely. But £61,000. I asked somebody whether or not they actually get anything back from it. And they only need a few celebrities to go on these holidays and they get the, the publicity there. Lady Gaga fans are furious after the concert ticket prices doubled in the space of months. The Sun are running with this today, but it's, it's an old story. Uh, I read this one three days ago. Sasha Baron Cohen has scrapped his new film about the Eurovision Song Contest... He's been working out. Do you know, I just don't get it, I'm afraid, with Sasha Baron Cohen. Never have. Never found him remotely funny as any of the characters. Just, just, just didn't get it. But there again, I mean, if we, if we all liked exactly the same thing, how dull would that be? Christopher Dean and Karen Barber appeared on the Dancing on Ice show last night amid claims that they'd become close since he's announced his split with his wife. Um, they lived in America, apparently, Christopher Dean and his wife and children. They've been married for 16 years... And um, Judge Karen, whose husband, Stephen, also works as a trainer on the ITV show, was photographed arriving for all-night visits at Christopher Dean's flat in Bushy in Hertfordshire. Neither Karen nor Dean would comment on the allegations last night. And my question is, I mean, it's, it's the old problem that we've had before on the programme. If a celebrity is seen coming out of somebody's house in the early hours of the morning or clutching a bagel or clutching their duvet, does that mean they're having an affair? And the answer is, probably not. But it doesn't help when neither would comment on the allegations. Why not? Why not just tell the truth? You know, we're not children. You know, we don't need to be treated like children. Are you having a fling? Are you not having a fling? If you're not, say you're not. Not, we have no comment. Because that just adds fuel, doesn't it? And then people start speculating, and that's when it all gets horribly out of hand, and people say, well, had they told the truth in the first place, we wouldn't have needed to speculate on it. Of course, there is the other argument, isn't there? But you shouldn't need to speculate on anything. I mean, you know, if you want to have an affair with Christopher Dean or he wants to split up from his wife, that's his business. Nothing at all to do with us. But we do enjoy... We do enjoy watching the famous. Mylene Class is in the paper today. Great hairstyle. Can't be all her hair. Oh, no, it's a doorway she's standing in front of. It looks like she's got a beehive. But uh, she was uh, co-hosting the Oscars last night, wearing, of course, one of those dresses which luckily falls apart so that you can, you can get a full glimpse of her... Full glimpse? A full glimpse of her legs. Kelly Brook has been bombarding former boyfriend Jason Statham with phone calls whilst on holiday in America. Uh, I'm a bit bored with Kelly Brook, as you, you probably gather by now. Every time we see it, very pretty, but then dim as a plank when she opens her mouth. I mean dim. Doesn't care. Jackie Budden... You remember Jackie Budden? This is Jade Goody's revolting mother, who we never liked at all, has said she doesn't care how much she gets in Jade Goody's £3 million will. Now, did we not tell you a short while ago that, contrary to what people thought, there was hardly any money at all because Jade Goody hadn't paid any tax for ages? But uh, here is uh, Jackie, and uh, she's not aware that she's inherited anything, despite claims she's only been left 10,000 quid. So there you go. Choppers, you can say anything now, can't you? The, the one person I can't bear... I'm forgetting his name now. Tony Adams? I don't know, he's, he's obviously a dancer or something. He turned up on a... He looks a bit like another naff version of Ainsley Harriet. And he turned up on a kids' dancing programme. He apparently was one of Jade's good friends. He was also on, um... 
uh, the Strictly Dancing on Ice the other day. He's one of Gary Luce's good friends as well. He's one of these, he obviously circles celebrities and sort of, I'm your friend, but he's, he's just a bit... Yeah, but he's, he's, just, he's just a bit peculiar. You know, you watch some people on television, you think, you look a bit... I don't know, you, they just don't come over very well. Whereas, certain people are very comfortable on television and very relaxed. Other people are quite clearly not very good at it at all. And, and they think that just by smiling... And this guy, I'm sure his name's Adams. I think he might be a, a dance teacher or something. I think he's, he's been in a couple of programmes. Somebody will tell me. And, and every time I see him, he just looks like sort of another... Another naff version of Ainsley, I'm afraid. And we don't like Ainsley either. He's another boring one. You remember Ainsley Harris? Oh, my big pepper mill. And he used to leer over the contestants. I think, oh, dirty, dirty. So anyway, how much money has Jade got? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Whether she's left her mother anything. That's the worrying thing, isn't it? I always thought it's a great thing to go through life and tell people, you're in my will. Because that way, they're really nice to you. And then, of course, when the will is read out and they've got diddly squat, you're kind of having a laugh, aren't you? And they go, oh, right, you know, I'm in Steve's will. I mean, there are people, you know, who are in my will, quite clearly, because, yes, I have done a will, because you should, and, um, but I'm not telling people who it is. Because it, it ruins it, doesn't it? You know, it's, it's a surprise. I've told the producer she's in. Oh, so I'm not talking about die, but I was just... But you should make a will. You should absolutely make a will, so that you make sure that when you, when you go, A, it's easier for everybody, so they know where your three and six months is going, when the producer's case... Do I get the DVD player back? Now, I don't want to make a big song and dance about it, but you remember that uh, I did, very kindly the other day, buy the producer, because she's moved into her own place, so I've, I bought her a DVD player. Now, it's not a very expensive DVD player. It was £28.50. And she said, oh, that's really generous. I said, no, it doesn't matter. The fact is, I bought myself an £80 DVD player, which was the super-duper deluxe, all singing, all dancing, makes a cup of tea and does the washing up. Plus, it came with a free Bluetooth. So I checked on Amazon, and you remember the other day that <laughs> it arrived in. But I checked which one it was, and the one that's arrived in is her one. It's the £28.50 one. My one has not been dispatched from the company. It's due to arrive here between now and the 13th. So I thought, that's fairly good. So anyway, I come in the other day, and there's a DVD player sitting on top of my pigeonhole. It's the Toshiba. I'm thinking, oh, that's good. And I open up the note, and it's the £28.50 one. So I check again on Amazon, and it turns out, no, this is the £28.50 one. My one has not been dispatched. I know, because I'm relying on Amazon to tell me it's not been dispatched. So I open it up, and I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting. They've sent two. We've managed to get two. We've got a freebie. We've got a free. So I got a bit excited. And, and then I thought... Bit strange. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I, I, I phoned her up and said, oh, can you just check what the code number is of your DVD player, thinking there might have been a mistake somewhere. She then confesses to me this morning that when she opened the thing the other day, she did, because she sent me a text saying, oh, it's really lovely and all the rest of it. And she said to a friend, I don't think this is £28.50. <laughs> and of course it isn't. It's the £80 one. What they've done is they've sent the £80 one, which was going to be my DVD player, which I'm not making a big song and dance about. I'm not, not bitter or twisted in any way, shape or form. And, and they haven't told Amazon that they've sent it. So, consequently, she's now got a very nice DVD player, which is more than welcome to it. And it came with a free Bluetooth. I should have asked straight away, is there a free Bluetooth? Because I said, was there a free Bluetooth? She went, yeah. I said, yeah, you got mine. OK. So I'm hoping that uh, she's going to put it in the will, so I might better get the thing back, you know, at long last. And also, 
It's multi-region. That's if she dies before me. But it's multi-region, and it's everything's all singing, all dancing. I couldn't be happier that she's got it. And I've got the £28.51, which is sitting in the cupboard. Even more generous than I thought. Because she said to me, oh, it's, everybody's very jealous. Uh, it's very generous of you. And I thought, it's only £28.50. It's not a lot. No, it's £80. £80. Anyway, I, I really don't mind. And I promise you, I'm not going to mention it again for about another ten minutes. Oh, incidentally, problem with the podcast yesterday. They didn't go up. The machine crashed and did all sorts of things. And a lot of you got uh, got a little bit worried going, there's no podcast. But uh, hopefully they should all be up very quickly. And uh, and they are working, hopefully, we think. Quarter past five. These are the headlines. The Iraq War movie Hurt Locker has been named Best Picture at the Oscars. Director Catherine Bigelow has become the first female to win Best Director. Sandra Bullock, Best Actress for The Blind Side. And Jeff Bridges, Best Actor for the drama Crazy Heart. Lawyers claim James Bulger's killer may have to be given another identity, and as many as 270,000 civil servants begin a strike this morning over redundancy pay. Let's have the travel with Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning uh, to Shoreditch. It's uh, coming up 20 minutes past uh, five. I thought we'd bring you up to date with the Oscars. So here she is. She's been here all night, poor soul. She'll be here all morning as well, just to bring you up to date with everything. Joe Parkinson. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, so the Oscars are the 82nd Academy Awards are over. The Kodak Theatre in LA is emptying as we speak, and they're all hof- uh, heading off to the Governor's Ball and the Vanity Fair party. But the big winner of the night is the movie The Hurt Locker. And I think that might uh, come as a surprise to some people. Avatar nominated for nine awards and the Hurt Locker nominated for nine too and I think people thought that maybe James Cameron's work of art with Avatar was going to be awarded best picture but that went to the Hurt Locker as and best director went to the Hurt Locker's director Catherine Bigelow who of course was married to James Cameron uh, many many years ago I think he'll be very very happy for his ex-wife actually and this is a, a brilliant film I keep saying it but it really is um, a fantastic depiction I think of what it must be like for the soldiers out in Iraq and Afghanistan at the moment, and it stops us. If you go and watch this film, then I think you will make you, stop you from being so desensitised to the um, continuous stories that come on the news every single day about another soldier killed out there, and it actually makes you realise what's going on. And I think that's probably why the um, Academy has awarded it six Oscars, and they will be so over the moon. Um, it's, I mean, unbelievable that Avatar didn't win anything more than three technical awards. However, it is a big winner in itself anyway. Um, I think it's raised 1.3 billion at the box office and is officially the biggest movie ever made. So did it really need to win Best Picture? Maybe not. Maybe it did need to go to The Hurt Locker um, because this is a film that, you know, needs a little bit more help. It only made uh, 9 million, I think, in total. Not many people went to go and see it at the cinema when it first came out. I'm sure a lot of people will be buying it on uh, DVD and I think it's on Sky soon as well. So if you're lucky enough to have Sky Movies, then you can uh, can watch it there. But uh, yeah, a good Oscars, I think, all round. Steve uh, Martin and Alec Baldwin uh, hosting the night. Two traditional Hollywood celebs. Uh, good banter between them. They're obviously very good friends. Um, very funny moments throughout the uh, throughout the show. Um, taking the Mickey out of various celebrities in the audience, including our own Dame Helen Mirren or Dame Helen Mirren, as the, they said, and joking about Meryl Streep. Uh, no matter what. Meryl always gets nominated. 16 Oscar nominations for Meryl Streep this year. 
And uh, and then, of course, in the actor categories, Best Supporting Actor went to Christoph Waltz for Quentin Tarantino's film Inglorious, Bastards. And Best Supporting Actress went to the comedian Monique for the movie Precious. Best Supporting Actor went to Jeff Bridges, again, another Hollywood legend, his fifth Oscar nomination, and that won him it this year. And uh, best, best Actress went to Sandra Bullock for The Blind Side. No surprises in those categories. These were the guys that were winning at the Golden Globes and the Screen Act. Guilds Award, so it wasn't any big surprise, but uh, but uh, you know, good for them because uh, you know I love I love Jeff Bridges, uh, who's looking great. And uh, we sat upstairs in the office, went, oh Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges is going to win. Yeah, we it was right. obvious, really. I mean, we, we all we all we all knew it was going to happen. I like the fact you mentioned his wife as well, who he's been married to for thirty three years. Yeah, probably one of the longest uh, running marriages in Hollywood. Probably the secret to so his I'm just his getting success. all this medicine. I better tell you now. He's <laughs> been ill. Look. You want to leave me a phone? I could go through your phone book. Go home. Thank you for that. Thank you. He's given me some stuff here for heavily bloated stomachs. Makes me feel a bit pregnant. Are you okay? Yes, I'm all right. Yes. yes. I just felt a bit peculiar for yes, that. Yes, I know. I really heard. peculiar. I've never felt so peculiar like that. I thought, oh dear, I'm not going. Not too well this morning. It's just a funny turn. It, it, well, I, it, it was sort of watching the Oscars, and all of a sudden it came on. Yeah. And I thought, oh. maybe it's the excitement of the Oscars. <laughs> Not that you care. <laughs> Do you know, strangely enough, I don't. We, we talked about this before, about the Oscars. And who watches it? I mean, uh, does it have the huge audience, we think? Um, I'm not sure. I'd like to know how many people stayed up through t- the, the, the night watching it over here. I think in America it gets a massive audience because it's on their time zone, you know, in L.A. It's right. a, it's a, it is a big Hollywood backslapping thing. I think it does make more people go and see the movies that have won. I think a lot of people will be looking at, out for the Hurt Locker coming out on DVD now because yeah. hardly anyone saw it at the cinema when it, when it first yeah, came out. Yeah, I've never even heard of it. Last uh, October, I think it was, it came out. And how many people in the... Do we know how many people in the Academy vote? Uh, I think it's 6,000. It's quite a lot. And they all get sent copies of all the films. Yeah, I know, lucky things. I know, what a nice thing to have. I know. And then, do you get to keep them? Or yes. Do you, oh, you get to keep yeah, everything. you do get to keep them. Jenny Barnett, she's a member of BAFTA, and she gets sent the majority of Does them. Does she? And then I always borrow them from her. Why well, yeah. she wangled that one? But it's, it's very How's nice, because you get to watch there? all those lovely films from the comfort of your own home, rather than mm. having to uh, go out all the time. Yeah, I have to ask, because I heard you talking to Anthony earlier about how much it, you cost, it, you paid to go to the cinema. Was it 22, 22 quid? 22 quid to go and see Avatar. 22 pounds, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I know. And, and for ages. kids spoke the whole way through it and rustled their popcorn, and it was just not a, a great experience, to be honest. Well, we've had dreadful stories in the papers of people who've, uh, who've had arguments in the cinema where they've said to people, shut up. Remember that was that poor woman who got yeah. sprayed with bleach yeah. by that bloke? Because if, if you go to the cinema, you just think, no, just... Go to cinema, shut up, and watch the. Uh, and so, especially the something like Avatar, where you're, you know, supposed to get, you know, so sort of deeply involved. In it. I don't really understand why you would go to the cinema if all you want to do is talk through the movie. Well, it depends if you go with your friends, doesn't it? If, if you actually go with with friends to the cinema, you then sit there, and perhaps some people just think, oh, I'll watch it, or I won't watch it, or you sit there, and perhaps you've had a few drinks. I was going to say, I could um, understand it slightly if it's a late night showing and you've been out uh, to have some drinks with your friends, and then you go to the cinema. But then why bother going to the cinema? Well, I know it's not the most social. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not cheap, but they, they they did another thing on cinemas the other day, talking about the fat content in the food you buy. Oh, don't I don't want to know. The pick and mix is horrendous. Pick and mixes, the big sausages, the uh, the popcorn, and everything else. Because everything's giant size. Why do you want to sit in a cinema eating a sausage? I've got no idea. And a whole big bag full of pick and mix. Yeah, you come out feeling really, really sick. <laughs> know the feeling. It's, just, it's a very different, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'd much rather go and see it. I'm very lucky that I can go to these private screening rooms. And, uh, it's much nicer, isn't it? So much nicer. I do love 
the Golden Squares. Yeah. It's, you know, that much easier. And there was another one, Mr... Mr. Young. Uh, Mr. Young's. Mr. Now, Young's it's now called well. the Soho Screening Rooms. Oh, is it's it? still there, though, on Darbley Street. I love that. Much easier. you go and sit there, and they would sort of say, oh, right, we've got a screening at ten in the morning. Yeah. And you'd sit there. I remember seeing no end of films at ten in the morning. It's quite just... a strange way to start the day, really, isn't it? Like, it is odd. Seeing a big film like that, it sort of sets you up. It's, but if it's a horror or something like that, then it's not a very nice way to start yeah. the day. But there's obviously enough money in it, and people are still going to the cinema, and, and people still go out there, and all the people like going out because it's an opportunity to dress up. Well, you can't argue the fact that Avatar made 1.3 billion at the box office. You can't really argue with that. And, uh, yeah, all the frocks on the red carpet. Um, for me, my favourites were Sarah Jessica Parker. She looks gorgeous um, in a couture number. And, They're all couture, uh, aren't they? <laughs> I think um, P- Penelope Cruz's was Do- Donna Karen, but she, you know, a stunning red carpet gown. Mariah Carey, you must go and check. I think they're on the website now, lbc.co.uk, in a uh, Versace dress that's at least three sizes too small for her. <laughs> she didn't learn. She did the same <laughs> thing at the Golden Globes. Yeah. We've got a little bit of a, you know, panning for it, and she's done it again. But then, because we end up talking about her, yeah. and they've had the... Pl- do they also, in their interviews, say, oh, the, the gown is by Versace, or do the interviewers ask? The interviewers tend to ask. I mean, if you have a look at all the photos now, it will say, it says Penelope Cruz and um, Christian Dior. A lot, of our, a lot of people wearing Armani Privé this year. Right. Which I don't know much about that, but I According to the paper today, uh, Jordan let, let them down at the Oscars. She was invited. Not. Why? Why on earth <laughs> really? would you be inviting um, a so-called glamour model Who's to the Oscars? Who's leaked that story? I wonder. Well, Jordan. I'm assuming her, her, her agent, yeah. because she is over in America at the moment. Yeah. She'll be at one of the parties that no one else is at. Well, I think she went to Elton John's. Oh, really? Yes, I think she flew out, because she's been to Elton's before. Well, she was there last year, actually, yes. wasn't she? And she yeah. actually looked quite classy well, yeah. for, for Jordan. For Jordan. And yeah. then it opens its mouth and ruins it completely for mm. everybody. But uh, she was apparently going to be invited to the Oscars. I thought, only in the cheap seats. They wouldn't have... Why? why? She, maybe she's a sitter. A sitter. She maybe got invited as a sitter. Sitters. These are the people who hang around and kneel down in the aisle and then somebody gets up to go to the toilet and they quickly nip into the seat. Yeah. So when the camera pans over, it looks like it's a full house. And we say it would be quite exciting to be one because you never know who you'd end up sitting next to and you'd see it all happening. But wow, what a long thing to have to go through. Yeah. It's a very long ceremony. It's hours. Yeah. As, as some of the speeches have said, you know, this, this show has gone on longer than my career. Well, there was a br- brilliant moment on, on after the uh, this morning's uh, Oscars as it finishes. Steve uh, Martin and Alec Baldwin says, the show's gone on so long that Avatar is now in the past. <laughs> That's what we like. Great. Joe, thanks very much. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for stepping in at very short notice. That's OK. I hope but, you feel better. Yes, I hope so, too. I'm sort of sucking oranges at the moment. Paul and Anthony's sitting there. You can go home. Please, pop it. Go home. LBC 97.0 Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Monday morning. And uh, a lot of people saying you've, you've been on your antibiotics. Can you pass on flu symptoms through a microphone? It would be the miracle of the decade, wouldn't it? If you could actually do that. I don't think it's very possible at all. Uh, I did see Dancing on Ice. Well, actually, I watched the repeat of Dancing on Ice, which I, which I quite like, because they always sort of tell you, you can't vote, and I was thinking, that's, well, I wasn't going to, to vote anyway. But I always like watching, just to see, and I, I quite agree with some of the judges, when they say, nine weeks in, you should be a lot better. They're getting paid, you know, a small fortune, thirty-five to £55,000. This is no small amount of money that they're getting for this, and, uh, and, and I quite like it. Sarah Brown's popped up again. She's done a, a photo shoot. Uh, this is the Prime Minister's wife. To be honest with you, I mean, I don't know why she's popped up all over the place. She's now, you know, she did a fashion show a short while ago, and uh, now she's been out with supermodel Erin O'Connor. 
And I look at these supermodels and they go, Naomi Campbell, supermodel. And I go, no, Naomi Campbell, woman who can't keep her temper under control. I never think supermodel because I don't know what the difference is. I remember years ago we had a former Miss World come to a, a department store that I worked in years and years ago. And people were saying, she's not that pretty close up, is she? And you look at them and you think, no, actually, she's probably not. She's probably not, but it's just the way people photograph. Some people photograph very, very well. I'm one of those who doesn't, as you'll see by the time we get to the end of this week. And uh, we put all the photographs up on the LBC website of a week in the life of the LBC early breakfast uh, show. GMTV staff are reeling at a secret proposal to move into this morning's studio. Because they're in the same building, you've got this morning's studio and you've got GMT. It wouldn't take too much to adapt it, I wouldn't have thought. ITV bosses believe that if you put two shows into one room, you can save hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. Because there are certain bits which are similar on this morning to GMTV, so I see no reason why they shouldn't do it. I mean, let's face it, this programme was Anthony Davis's studio. It becomes my studio till seven, then it becomes Nick Ferrari's studio, then James O'Brien, then Jenny Barnett, and so on and so forth. So I see, no, it doesn't make any difference listening, does it? As far as I know, you don't know that I'm sitting here stark naked at the moment, sort of wondering whether or not we're going to get some more shocks from the Oscars a little bit later on, uh, or whether or not somebody's going to send in and go, well, I do watch the Oscars. I do watch the Oscars. Steve, surely an LBC icon of your standing wouldn't want to be seen as a cheapskate uh, when it came to the gifts you give. After all, £23 Marks and Spencer's vouchers might have been better than a DVD. I don't, she didn't want Marks and Spencer's voucher. She wanted a DVD player. <laughs> not, not much point is there of sort of giving her a Marks and Spencer's voucher when she wanted a DVD player. And as it turns out, she's actually got a fantastic um, DVD player. Dan says, Kevin Adams married to Cary Grant. No, he's not. No, he's so stupid, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's, no, she's not. Oh, I don't know. Some people have, Perhaps the medicine hasn't kicked in in certain people's uh, things. Yes. Both dance instructors. No, she was never a dance instructor. And, uh, it's definitely not... She's the singing one. She's married to the other one. He might be black, but I promise you he's not Kevin Adams. Kevin Adams, the peculiar one who looks a bit like Ainsley Harriet, who's all teeth and smiles and just looks a bit insincere, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Steve, I'm a black cabbie. Now, do you mean you're driving a black cab or you are black? See, this... Uh, I love it when people say, I'm a, I'm a black cabbie. You go, ah, are you a black cab driver? Christine Bleakley's in the paper today because her bid to water ski for uh, sports relief was in doubt. They still haven't got official clearance from maritime authorities. Now, that's twice that Christine Bleakley appears in the papers today because she's saying uh, further in, in other ones, uh, that she's not a wag. And she's saying that she's just an ordinary person. Well, I'd vouch for that. And I do love the story. This is one of my favourite stories in the paper this morning. If you can have a favourite story, this would, this would have to be it. It's a series of bets placed by a sports fan before he died, could raise £330,000 for a charity if they all win. Nicholas uh, Newlife left his estate to Oxfam when he died in February, age 69, including the outstanding wages. Among them was a bet which could scoop £100,000 if Roger Federer wins Wimbledon in June. They could also pick up £75,000 if his £750 bet at 100-1 to 1 on Andy Roddick winning 10 Grand Slam singles titles before 2020 comes to fruition. I have a horrible feeling that they're not going to come to anything, these bets. They don't, uh, they don't look too good at all. But William Hill said he was a very shrewd sporting gambler. So, uh, so good news there. That's my tummy, honestly. This, it's all going wrong in it today. Everything's happening in my body. It's just, it's giving up slowly but surely. 
So I've got my water and I've got my oranges that I think I should have done with a chocolate biscuit. Another picture of, uh, of Mylene Class. Luckily, as I say, with the dress falling open so that she can show you her legs. It's all well-timed, isn't it, this stuff? And Robbie Williams, they say, when is he going to get married? It's all talk with Robbie Williams. All talk and very little action. We've had him dropping hints, uh, oh, you know, I can't wait to be a father, can't wait to get married. And so far, nothing's materialised. Absolutely nothing at all. Steve, says Mark, I went to see both films. Both the films and Hurt Locker, I think, deserved it. Very tense film. I I don't go to the cinema because I don't like to sit in a room full of strange people. It's not really my idea of fun, I'm afraid. I know people say, oh, you should go to cinema because that's how they're meant to be seen, and I totally agree. If you're going to go and see films, go and see them on the big screen because they look so much better. But, uh, to be honest with you, it's so expensive now. Not that I'm mean or anything like that. It's just I don't think it's worth that sort of money. It should be just a few quid to go to the cinema. Let's face it, if they didn't pay these celebrities so much money, then... uh, you wouldn't have to pay that much to go and see the films in the first place. David uh, Quantic is looking at television today, and he does like, as I do, Harry Hill's TV burp. I do like it. It's a simple programme, clever concept, brilliantly exercised, and it's got all the ghastly people on there that you never liked when you watched them on the television. I'm still waiting to see uh, Brendan from Coach Trip on there. That'd be quite nice. Although I I fear that as we stumble through the coach trip saga at the moment. My God, there's some people on there you wouldn't want to get in contact with. You know, you sort of look at them and you think, I really wouldn't want you living next door to me. You're mad as a brush. Then I think, who can take time off and go on a coach trip holiday for the time that they do? It's like people going into the Big Brother house. They're quite clearly not working because otherwise they wouldn't better go in there and they say it's 13 weeks. I couldn't just take 13 weeks off. Definitely not. Um, Another programme that we saw the other day It's Wild at Heart. I don't know if you've seen Wild at Heart. It doesn't do it for me. I don't know why. As far as I'm concerned, it could be filmed in an aircraft hangar. But uh, like the cheetah that's supposed to be dying of liver failure but keeps limping around the house every week, Wild at Heart has the look of a poor, unfortunate animal that purely should be put down but somehow keeps going. Every week, this slow-paced, slow-witted advert for the South African Tourist Board, featuring Stephen Tomkinson as a vet and some other people as well, is begging to be put out of its misery. You see, I'm not a Stephen Tomkinson fan. I don't know why. Because he seems quite personable. Everybody seems to like him. I just don't believe any of the characters. I don't believe he's playing a vet. Well, I don't believe Paddy and Emmerdale Farm could play a vet. I mean, you look at this poor, this poor buffoon who stumbles around. It's like the vicar. Anybody less of a vicar? The other day in Emmerdale, I happened to tune in... And the wife was uh, in there talking, to, it might have been Charity Dingle, about, oh, it's, and of course in the bedroom department she goes, oh, well, it's all back to normal. So the vicar then walks in, and they're discussing his sex life, the vicar's sex life. Nobody discusses things like that on television, do they? David Quantic would like TV burp, considering he's one of the show's writers. Oh, well, even cleverer then. <laughs> even cleverer. How brilliant is that? How brilliant is that? I mean, that's almost like appearing on a television show but inviting the producer on. It's, it's the same kind of... Th- what a brilliant idea. We'll start doing that more. We'll start doing that more. Um, another one here. Thank you, Stephen Bridlington. Would you like to try Old Cotswold Leg Bar Eggs? He's, uh, he said they're pastel-coloured shells, superior in taste and great boiled with soldiers. 188 for six. Hugh Broom has coloured eggs. Hugh Broom... I don't know if his are Old Cotswold Leg Bar Eggs... His, oh, his chickens are not laying. 
Oh, right, is he not... La- oh, dear. Nothing worse than... The, the moment Hugh's chickens don't lay... Oh. Oh, right, oh. Oh, he just doesn't want to sell you the eggs. No, because he knows you've got an 80-quid DVD player, that's why. <laughs> My DVD player. I'm not going to make a big song and dance about it, I promise you. I'm not going to mention it ever again much. But uh, Hugh, Hugh's eggs are, are all coloured. They look a bit like Polish eggs at Easter, where they dye them different colours. His look like that. It's quite impressed, really. But it's lambing time. I turned on the television the other day, and you've got the BBC um, lambings. I think it's lambing week, where there's a farmer, and they have a man who comes round, and he's got a little portable... I don't know what it is. It's like an X-ray machine, and the lambs, or the, the sheep, go through, and he sticks his hand up their bottom uh, with a with a, a little camera thing, and he then tells them because the farmers need to know how many lambs they're expecting. If it's got one, two, and what, some of them the other day had four lambs, and some of them were barren. In which case, if they're barren, you don't bother feeding them up. He said that'll that'll go to market next week. I became quite an expert. In, uh, in lambing. And this man, he got through, I think it was 155 sheep in half an hour, and they were expecting, out of 155, 900. In, in the whole flock, I think, 900 extra lambs, which you've got to, to bargain for. But unfortunately, if, if a sheep fails to get pregnant, off to market. Off to market it goes, and, uh, and we end up eating it. I feel quite queasy, actually, even thinking about that, I'm afraid. Um, there's a, a story about some poker players. They were, they were doing one of these... Uh, at the Grand Hyatt Hotels, uh, a huge uh, poker thing, which I think is a million pounds on the table, and armed robbers broke in and got away with, I think, something like... Well, they, they say it's a £4.1 million pound European poker tour. They got away with about 250000 I've never heard of a poker tournament. It makes you wonder, doesn't it, in Las Vegas, there's all these people sitting there. And uh, Alan Yentob did a programme about Las Vegas... And when they panned around the casino, I thought it was... The girls were not wearing what I would expect them to wear as croupiers. Normally, croupiers stand there and they deal the car. These were wearing cut-off jeans, little halter tops, and all the girls... Because I thought perhaps it was just the table he was on. But all the girls on all the tables were all wearing cut-off jeans, like little hot-pant things, and little halter-neck tops, showing a lot of bosom and a lot of bare midriff. And these were the croupiers. It's obviously gone down a little bit since I was in Las Vegas, which I'm going to go back to this year. I've decided I'm going to go there. Yeah, I'm going to go, I think, in October. I'm going to go for October. Just, just for a few days. Just for a few days. Uh, the Carrie woman is married to David Grant, says Joe. Thank you. Steve, use your link to Sea Cleaner. It is great. And get your producer to get you a Coke, a coffee or a hot chocolate with sugar or have some of your jelly beans. Sounds like you need some sugar. Actually, I haven't got any jelly beans today. I haven't got anything at all like that. And uh, perhaps we have a hot chocolate. That sounds quite nice. No, hot chocolate should be fine, actually. It says follow it up with a digestive or a hobnob. If only we were that lucky to have a hobnob in the studio. Can you imagine? Oh, God, one of those happy days. Happy days of a hobnob. But uh, not going to happen at all at the moment. But uh, we will... I think a nice cup of hot chocolate. But generally speaking, at this time of the morning, the man's doing the machine outside. So we, we think he's been and gone. So hopefully it works. Because they, it's the only coffee machine in the building that dispenses tonnes and tonnes of coffee in the day. So generally speaking, when we arrive in, it's given up the ghost. It'd be cheaper to move in Starbucks, I think. Stops at 11 o'clock in the morning, it stopped, does it? So it's out from 11 in the morning till we come in the next... Good grief. So obviously the advantage is, uh, if you come into this building, arrive early in the morning. Don't bother doing the late shifts. So much better. So much better. Uh, So there is a date now, a bit of a wedding clash, between Simon Cowell and Piers Morgan. They're fighting over who's actually going to get hitched first. 
Uh, I think neither of them. Even though Piers Morgan has been with his uh, girlfriend, I think for some time, I think for, qu- for quite a while, actually, uh, whereas Simon Cowles is, is almost new. I think it could be quite interesting. I think they both... Do- Piers Morgan would have to do a hello shoot. Unfortunately, poor, poor, talking of Piers, actually, Pete show, that's Peter Andre, too raunchy for young children. I mean, it's, I don't know where it is, actually, but Princess and Junior went the other day. Two odd-looking children, aren't they? I did laugh, though, after the, after the Jordan programme where she lost her temper and shouted and screamed at this woman who'd put some of the pictures from the New Year's Eve party up on YouTube. These are my kids up on there. These are my, this, is, this is from a woman who exploits her children in every single programme. In fact, I don't think there has been a programme on the television with Jordan in it that does not feature the children. I mean, so how she can accuse anybody of exploiting them, stupid woman, and think she was invited to the Oscars, I think not. 14 minutes to six. These are the headlines. Low-budget war film, The Hurt Lockers, triumphed at the Oscars, winning Best Film, Best Director and four other prizes. A man's been charged with murdering a 16-year-old girl whose body was found in a yard in King's Cross on Thursday. And Met Police support workers are out on strike today as part of a national walkout by a quarter of a million civil servants in a row over redundancy pay. Let's have a check. The man with the eggs is Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. If you're heading for Shoreditch High... <laughs> it's uh, 12 minutes to 6, Monday morning. It's LBC 97.3. Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's nice to have your company, to have your company. Very nice. You're probably watching the Oscars. We'll bring you up to date uh, a little bit later on with everything that's happened. Poor Peter Andre is out uh, doing his little show. This is Peter One Hit Wonder Andre. And uh, the children went. Princess has still got a dummy in her mouth. Isn't she just a bit old to be having a dummy? What age do kids stop putting dummies in their mouths? And, uh, and Junior. Because it's very nice, but do they go to school? I don't seem to have seen in all the Katie Price programmes whether the children actually go to school. I'm, I'm a little bit confused by this. little bit confused by it. Perhaps it's bits that they, they tend not to show you. But even Jo Parkinson uh, agreed with me earlier. She said, it's almost run out of steam, the programme. She's not doing anything. She's quite clearly very depressed. Not, not, a, not a happy person, I'm afraid. Jeff says, you're right, the girls in Vegas look very cheap. There you go. You see, I, I like the idea that uh, they get... But I did think we'd wandered into a different hotel because when i went to vegas and we stayed at we stayed at the hilton which was the hotel that presley played at and everybody was very smart in their black and white outfit these girls just looked a bit tarty but then they they do say that unfortunately vegas now you've got adverts running on the back of buses advertising brothels and there was some bloke on the street handing out cards you know we can get a girl to your room in 20 minutes and you think is that what people go to vegas for i thought they went for for gambling and the fact that it's big and vulgar and brash and cheap and tacky and tarty and shiny and glistening and it's everybody's dreams, provided you're living in a horrible nightmare. But but now they, they go there and they're going there for the hookers. The place is absolutely full of them. David Spanier used to work at LBC years ago. Uh, I don't think he's with us anymore. Lovely man, and he wrote a book about poker. He was a poker player, but I think he was our political correspondent, one of our political correspondents. And uh, he was such a nice man, but he was an addict of poker. He knew about poker. He wrote about poker. He played poker. And he went to Vegas. And he wrote a book about Vegas and people playing poker and what was on offer. And he said everything was on offer. Whatever you wanted in your hotel room, be it a, a, a man or a woman, they could be there. The girls, he said, carried their own credit card machines. The prostitutes who were working the hotels carried credit card machines... And that was the first thing they did. You'd book them through an agency, and they would turn up, 
because at one time, girls used to sit in the foyers until the management got wise that single women sitting in bars makes it very difficult for single women to actually go out to Vegas, because if you're a single woman sitting in a bar in an evening dress, people assume that you're working, which, of course, is, uh, is not the case at all. Although, talking of working, we did, um, we did slightly feel a little bit embarrassed for poor um, George... I can't remember his blasted name now, who was a little kid who won Britain's Got Talent, who danced, George Sampson, whose sister is working as a prostitute. And the papers did that the other day, and we said, how awful. And she, the reason she said she was working as a prostitute is because she needed the money. Now, you can understand if you're a prostitute and you're earning 500 to to £1,000 a night. Of course, hardly any of them do. She was £30 a time. And she needed the money. And the more I read the story, the more I thought, how embarrassing to actually have to admit that you're that desperate for money that you have to turn to prostitution. She worked in a, in a massage parlour. You know, well, for massage parlour, just read brothel. It's as simple as that. Very rare. I do have a friend who does offer massage, sports massage, and he would get people phoning up thinking that he was offering something else. And he'd say, no, no. I'm a, I'm a masseur, I do a, a sports massage, it's for people with, with injuries. He said, it's amazing how many people turned up thinking that they were going to be getting extra. He said, and it, it taken, took an awful lot to convince people. So if ever you see massage parlour or, you know, actress has a large wardrobe for sale, chances are it's a hooker. And such is the case of poor old George Sampson's sister, who said she, she's, she's going to stop doing it. I thought, yes, but if she hadn't been caught... Would she still be doing it? And surely there must be something else you can do. I don't believe that if people have got no money, they turn to prostitution. Because that would be ridiculous, because my, my producer didn't have enough money to buy an £80 DVD player. You know, and the last thing she'd be thinking of, £80. She said when she opened the box, she thought it looked a bit better than £28.50. I thought she'd get that one quiet, because I've got the £28.50 one here. I'm going to gift it to somebody. It's what they do at the Oscars, if you've got all these... If these uh, items, you gift them to somebody else. You can go into a room and pass them on. So I'd like to give this to, to Steve Allen in, in London. I'd like to give him a £42,000 safari. <laughs> yes, and she's just given me a hot chocolate. So the fair exchange, no robbery. I give her an £80 DVD player. She gives me a hot chocolate. Of course, she thought she was getting a £28.50 one. She was happy with £28.50. I, of course, am fairly happy with a £28.50 one sitting in the cupboard at the moment. Oh, another bit of hot chocolate. Do you think this has really got chocolate? I always worry now, but you know when you see you see chocolate machines? We used to have a machine years ago at LBC, and it dispensed chicken soup. And you'd put the, the thing in, and, and you'd, you'd look... And, of course, inside it was all just powders. And you think, I wonder if that's ever been anywhere near a chicken. Mmm. Oh, hot chocolate. Delicious. This time, hot chocolate. Give me that advert on the television. Hot chocolate drinking chocolate. Hot chocolate drinking. And you always had to drink it when it was raining outside, because for some reason... And people who, who drink hot chocolate on the television hold the mug with two hands. Like, ooh, it's a comforter, isn't it? It's a bit like having a person there, but not really. So I've got a cup of hot chocolate. And they made things, which I saw in... Where did I see them? Was it Thornton's the other day? And it looks like a swizzle stick, but it's made of chocolate. And you're, you're not having those. You've got a blooming DVD player, for God's sake, woman. I love the idea that the boss had to carry it upstairs. If he'd known he was carrying 80 quids worth of DVD player, <laughs> he'd have taken it home straight away. Steve... <coughs> Excuse me. If Jordan turned up at the Oscars, security would probably turn her away. Oh, she, she can, on the odd occasion, look look quite reasonable. Unfortunately, the majority of times she just looks rough and old. 
And so we're looking forward to the ageing process. Steve, Vegas is still quality. I think the casino shown was downtown and not on the Strip. Say at the uh, uh, Encore Wynn Bellagio or the new city centre complex. They showed the new city centre complex. They're selling themselves as no, no casinos, no smoking, and it's family because... Um, Vegas is family-orientated. People go there. Families work there because the uh, the weather is fantastic and every time somebody comes out of one of the showrooms, you just open the door of a taxi for them and they give you a dollar. So you work it out yourself that if there's 600 people coming out of a showroom on your side and you've got 600 waiting for a taxi, you're going to absolutely coin it. Absolutely coin it. $600 a night, easy peasy. What was the, the man who makes that much money doing the, uh, the toilets at Stringfellows? He could make... This was years ago. This was 15 years ago. He could make 600 quid in a night with no trouble. How? Because every time somebody went into the toilet, he would hand them a towel, and he had a little basket with some pound coins in, and he had a selection of aftershaves. And he inherited it from somebody else, who so he bought it for a few thousand quid. And then he sat there, and every night of the week, people would come in. He would sometimes have some roses, in case somebody staggered into the toilet and sort of decided the girl they'd just picked up at the bar they wanted to give a rose to, so he'd sell them a rose. But just for the act of giving them a towel... So what he would do is that they would wash their hands, he would hand them a towel, and then they would give him a pound. They would walk out, he'd fold the towel back up, put it on the top of the pile. It's, it was a, it's a quite a clever thing, isn't it? It's quite clever. Uh, another one here. And it says, uh, I wonder if uh, Björk is going to do a benefit gig to pay off the country's debt. Each ticket would be ten million quid. I don't, whatever happened to Björk? Do you remember when she attacked that reporter on the television? She's quite, she's quite balmy, I'm afraid. Quite balmy. And, uh, and I forget what she attacked her over. It was... Oh, that's right, she spoke to her son, didn't she? And she didn't like that. And she chased her and hit her. She went completely mental, which I thought was quite funny. I was... <laughs> Why don't you gift your £28.50 DVD player to Susan Spence? Slip it into a carry bag, say it's a goodie bag for appearing on the show. I'm sure... I, th- I think Susan Spencer's probably got a DVD player. She's Scottish. Of course she's got a DVD. I mean, everybody's got one. I mean, she's been in the same house for a few years now, so she's not likely not to have one. And also, I mean, I, I, I quite like it myself. I might take it home or give it to... I don't know. I might gift it to somebody else. I, d- I do have a DVD player. It's just I wanted the 80 pounds. It doesn't matter. I'm not... I'm really not... I'm not bitter. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. Uh, Christine Bleakley, they call her a telly beauty. I'm obviously looking at the wrong person, I'm afraid. The one thing she ain't is a beauty blasted uh, I'm no wag as she opened her heart on her romance with Frank Lampard. She said she would never uh, be like famous footy wives, Victoria Beckham or Colleen Rooney, insisted she's not obsessed enough with her looks to make the grade. Yeah, right, dear. Yeah, right. In your dreams, I suppose. But she says it was Frank's what that first attracted her to him. Frank's what that first attracted Christine Bleakley. How are you? His eyes? No, not his eyes. Not his wallet? No. The fact that he earns a lot of money? No. No. The the thing that attracted Christine Bleakley to Frank Lampard, wait for this one, pick yourself up off the floor, was his brain. Right. Didn't think of that one, did you? There you go. But apparently they're uh, they're very happy together and she's more than happy to tell anybody because uh, she's, uh, she's a telly beauty. No, she's not. No, she's not. Here's uh, Christopher Dean, separated from his wife, spending nights with Karen Barber, they say. But as I said before, you can spend the night with somebody without actually having a relationship. I said that to Anthony Davis. Have you ever, A, managed to... 
Morning, everybody. Nice to be coming. Eight minutes past uh, six. I feel a lot better now I've had my cup of hot chocolate. I've had two cups of hot chocolate, which is good. And uh, love your show, says Michael. Listen to you every morning in Saudi Arabia. I've got people all around the world listening to this programme, which is quite nice. Like, I do like... Uh, Stephen Tompkinson uh, was at his very best and very believable in Drop the Dead Donkey. Yes, I mean, I have to be. I did like Drop the Dead Donkey. That was good. Well, there's a box set of that. That's a, that's a show I wouldn't mind watching again. At the moment, I'm trawling through Only Fools and Horses, the complete box set, which has got everything. I've forgotten how many episodes I'd forgotten, but I quite like the idea of Drop the Dead Donkey, which was made by Hattrick. It was very good, wasn't it? I, I, I did like that. It was very good indeed. Uh, 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. Thank you to all the people who've written to AOL on my behalf, because we still have no computer at home. Still no computer. And you begin to wonder whether or not you can actually go around and sort of wring somebody's neck or drive over them. Because it's just so frustrating. Because I can't check on my emails or, or anything at all. So, I'm going to uh, gonna try and sort that out this week. Otherwise, we're changing people. Because, it, you know, if you're paying that much money, you expect a service. And I don't ex- I'm not asking for anything over and above what they promised to supply me. It would be nice. It's no good me phoning up a... Um, a website, or the, the telephone number, and the person on the other end pre-recorded going, we are aware of problems in your area. They should have sent out a letter saying, terribly so, we know it's been off for a week and a half now, and so we'll, we'll try and do something about it. In the meantime, here's a sort of Marks and Spencer's voucher for £5,000. You can buy yourself a new DVD player to make up for the one that the producer got. You know, anything like, I mean, I'm not really bothered. Caroline and Gordon in Betchworth, can we be the first to wish you a happy 37th for the 17th? Unfortunately, for all of you left in the cold, we will be basking in all-inclusive Cuba for two weeks. Thinking of you a bit. Cheeky devil. Have a nice time. Do you know, I've never been to Cuba, and uh, the reason I've never been is it's because it's never interested me. People, people go to Cuba. I can't... You want to go, yeah, I'd like you to go to Cuba as well, Amanda. Amanda goes, I'd like to go to Cuba. Like, yeah, we'd like to go to Cuba. One-way ticket. Just leave the DVD player. I don't... Yes, I want to buy a pirate. Yes, I'd probably buy you a plane ticket, think you'd go to the Isle of Man or something, and you'd end up going to Cuba, and I'd end up with a ticket to the Isle of Man. Anyway, being uh, being Monday morning, I'm only going to mention... Oh, I can't see you now, Susan. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Some would say that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bit early in the... It's freezing outside. It is, isn't it? Absolutely frozzy poos. You're sounding very throaty this morning, are you... Actually, this is me sounding quite healthy. I thought I was dying in the first ten minutes of the show. Yeah. We had a, we had a bit of a touch-and-go experience where poor Joe Parkinson had to come downstairs and... And start filling whilst I sort of um, went off and sort of felt dreadful. Oh dear. <laughs> then Anthony Davis stuck around and then Andy came down and then Michael Trabulsi came down. I felt a bit guilty, really. What did you do then? I don't know. I just came over most peculiar. <laughs> I came mm-hmm. out, I thought I was going to be ill. Yeah, I, I do think you sound very throaty. Yeah. I feel a bit... I, I, well, believe you me, it's a lot better than it was. I've had four days off since. No, no, I... I with this yeah. stupid... I don't know what it is, actually. It's a virus. We've all got it. But you sound worse now than when I, when I saw oh, you really? on... Was it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday I saw you on. Really? After you had oh. your four days. I have had the, the bad cough, and the cough has made me a bit chesty, and this morning I feel a bit a bit fragile. But only because it's Monday morning, and I had such a nice weekend. You, you do like Mondays, though. I do like Mondays. I'm not one of these people that doesn't like it. And I learned something very interesting the other day. You know when you turn on the radio... And you're listening to an interview with, with somebody, mm. and you learn something that you did not know before. I, I turned off the radio thinking, do you know, that was very interesting. And it was an interview with Carly Simon. And She's she, got a new album out, isn't she? That's right. But she was in London uh, to talk about the new album, but she talked about her big hit, which was You're So Vain. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is on backing vocals on You're So Vain? 
Oh, I have no idea. I thought you were going to say who is it that the song's about, because apparently she sings it in the new version yes. with the name backwards. So if you play it backwards in some way, you'll find out exactly who it is that she was singing about. Right. It, it could have been any one of a number of people that yeah, she Warren went out Beattie, with. Warren Beatty was, was one it, of them. Um, he's the most likely. He was the one that everybody thought it was always about. Yeah. But when you listen to You're So Vain, the strange thing is, once I tell you who is on backing vocals, you will mm. listen to it and go, good God, so it is. The most unlikely person. She came over to London. She records in Air Studios. And Harry Nielsen is in there. Harry Nielsen had a big hit with Without You. Yeah. And, and she said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down. And he said, well, listen, should we lay down the backing vocals for You're So Vain? Which wasn't called then. I think it was called The Story of a Vain Man. Something like that. Anyway, she phones up Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger comes down to the recording studio. And Harry Nielsen has to go... So Mick Jagger lays down the backing vocals on You're So Vain. And if you listen to You're So Vain and you listen to the backing vocals, you can hear it's Mick Jagger straight away. But I, I'm trying to think of this. I haven't heard it for yonks, but I'm trying to think of the song. I wouldn't even thought there was male vocals in the background. Yes, it's when you probably think the song is about you. You're so vain, you're so vain. But I always thought it was a woman that sang that. Well, it, it is, but there's a man in there as well, and you can hear it's oh, Mick Jagger now. Yeah. Now, I've, now I've heard it, I listened to the song, and I thought, oh, it, you can hear him. I would like to know who it is, who the song is about. She wasn't saying. No. She said people speculate. Yeah, but that's why she's done this new thing. Yeah, she went out with thing. everybody. But then, it mean, although you have to buy the album in order to be able to, although I'm sure quite, it would appear on the internet, in yeah. order to see who it is, because it's played backwards. Bet it's probably some non-entity we've never even heard of. They used to say that, didn't they, about one of the Beatles' albums. Was it Sergeant Pepper? If you played it backwards, there was a message from the devil on there. Yeah. And then there was a thing on the front cover with Paul, R.I.P., and all yeah. sorts of strange things you were supposed to read into it. I never understood that at all. Uh, right, we're going to take a short break. <coughs> I must... I was watching Emmerdale the other day, and that Nathan's a nasty oh, piece of work. Yeah, he Isn't is. he horrid? I'm not surprised he, he got punched in the mouth. He is, he's and, and he's been so mean to Natasha, but I love the way that they've made Natasha retaliate, even though it breaks her heart to let her son go. She stood for no nonsense, and she's playing a dodgy game because he only has to tell one person, and that is it. She's going to be banged she up. She lost it with the dog, started digging up the body. Oh, yeah, because, because and that's how the whole thing sort of... So he is actually there? Oh, yeah, he's underneath, he's, he's there Ooh, underneath, yeah, but, but Nathan, Nathan will come back, and this is going to be the problem. She's but then gonna, people yeah. have got away with murder before, haven't they? I mean, if you think about Carl King, he pushed his dad out the window, and apart from his brothers knowing, he still kept that a secret. Yes, that's true. And he pushed the postman off the off the roof. So he's done two, and he's still he's still in Emmerdale. So. I think when you've got dogs going through the woods, I think they're going to dig him up. I mean, how deep is he in? Oh, he can't be that deep. Can't be that deep, She's can he? A, a, a slim little thing, isn't she? Dear me. All right, short break. More from Susan Spence. Oh, and we're off to the Oscars as well with Joe P. Mm. So we'll catch up on those after this. It's the news headlines with Matthew Schofield. Catherine Bigelow's become the first woman to win an Oscar for Betty Seven Point Three. Having a photo taken. <laughs> so we tell you now, Joe, because all this week and starting yesterday, we're doing uh, a week in the life of the Steve Allen show. So Why everybody are you comes doing in. it today? Well, but I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. I should have Joe. said hair and makeup, but <laughs> believe you me, night. we 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 can Photoshop. Okay, good. But it'll cost you extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so what we're doing at the end of at the end of Friday, we'll have the whole week of all the different people who've popped in 
So that people go, oh, that's what Susan Spence looks like. Oh, that, oh that's Joe Parkinson. But that's just, I don't look like this normally. I've been up all night. This is her look looking horrendous. fantastic, let me tell you. So, l- listen, it's, it'll, it'll be absolutely fine, I promise you. We just totally ignore it. I did say the other day, and just before we talk about the Oscars very briefly, we were talking about women on television and saying how difficult it is for women to get jobs on television. Nobody gives them jobs hosting quiz shows because they just don't rate. Mm. A couple of people have tried and it didn't work. And Gail wrote to me to say that the reason there are not many women on the radio or television is because men give jobs to men. Well, I'm surrounded by three women here, so quite clearly it doesn't work in in radio. There's far more women in radio, I suspect. Yeah, definitely. Because it's, it's a lot easier. Well, not easy. Uh, sorry, what, what do you mean by that? It's a lot easier. Anyway, moving on. Just talk about the Oscars. Bullying, bullying, HR, HR. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I, I couldn't cover the Oscars because, as Joe correctly told everybody earlier on, I just don't, I don't get the Oscars. No, you're not bothered. I, I'm, I'm not bothered. I like the idea that it's it's showy and it's glamorous and it's this, uh, but I just, I, I can think of better things to do. Are you not interested in watching the red carpet at all, seeing who I like wore it, what? Seen, once you've seen people walk up a red carpet, I've seen people walk up a red, they do it over here on a red carpet. Does I've it, seen the, the premieres in Leicester Square. Does it encourage you to maybe go and see the films no. that have been nominated? No, no it doesn't. Isn't that strange? In the mm. same way that I watch a celebrity advertising a margarine, wouldn't encourage me to go and buy that margarine. Well, I never understand celebrity endorsement. I've never got mm. that. I've never thought, you know, with celebrity perfumes, why on earth would you buy... Sarah yeah. Jessica Parker. They've person. all got them, haven't they? If somebody says, "Oh, well, that's nice, smell. What have you got on?" Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, just like any credibility would go yeah. right out the window, wouldn't it? Really? Or worse, Jordan. She yeah, released exactly. one once. Yeah, well, surprisingly, see, I also agree with you. But my my goddaughter was it my goddaughter? She got some. Jordan perfume a couple of Christmases ago and it obviously appeals to a certain age group if it's the 13 to 14 year olds they obviously like that when you get to our age a bit more sophisticated <laughs> you know we're looking for something a little bit better than having you know Jade or Jordan or any one of these other people's perfumes yeah exactly because they haven't designed it they haven't done anything with it no I and mean, Jordan's was so sickly sweet if I remember rightly Really, Tommy really overpowering. Like toilet duck. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> About as exciting, I'm afraid. But, it, but it's expensive, isn't it? Oh, For, yeah. But it's, it's targeted at a particular market, and you're not it. No, and you're, you're not the obviously the uh, the Oscars target market. I'm then. not because I've seen people walk up a red carpet, and I see the poor reporters standing there holding them out. Hello, hello, BBC. Hello, I t- hello. Desperate to try and get somebody to come over and say something. It is actually like that at the moment, um, watching Sky, and they're, de- they're at the Vanity Fair party waiting oh. for the uh, stars to actually arrive, because they finish the task, Oscars, yeah, and then they go to the Governor's Ball and they have a meal, and, and then they eventually go to these parties, so they keep crossing to them, and uh, they actually were speaking to Rupert Murdoch. That's the yes. only person that they've actually managed to get Rupert so Rupert Murdoch. I mean, I looked and thinking, is that an actor? That's Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, I know. Has he shrunk? <laughs> but did you see, actually, talking to Sky, did you see Angela Griffin on the red carpet? Yeah, everything was amazing. Well, I didn't actually hear her, but when they first went to her, she was talking to Steve Hargrave, and all of a sudden I looked at this woman and I thought, who's that? She looks very glamorous. I would not have believed it was Angela Griffin. I thought she looked fabulous. No, and she, I tell you what, she was quite sweet, actually, because it was nice to see someone on the red carpet who was genuinely starstruck. Yeah. Uh, she'd never done anything like that before, so uh, so she was really quite excited about it. Yeah, Everything she, was amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's the only problem. You get that, that with Fern Cotton, out, don't you? Yeah, you run you out of adjectives. F- Fern Cotton School of Broadcasting, which is, you know, it's, it's a bit like Carlo Romanov, poor soul. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. a GMTV. I mean, they don't come any blander, I'm afraid. But anyway, so where are, where are we up to at the moment? So with, the Oscars the are over. They're done. Um, Catherine Bigelow has made history by becoming the first woman ever to win the Best Director Award. And also her picture, The Hurt Locker, won the overall oh. big one, that, the mm. one that everyone wants, uh, Best Picture. Uh, this year, ten films were nominated in that category, uh, rather than five. So it was up against a, a lot of competition, mainly from her ex-husband, James Cameron, <laughs> uh, who directed and, and gave us Avatar, the, uh, the force that is Avatar. And uh, he only got three awards, three technical awards, and The Hurt Locker mm. came away with six. So that'll be the big story today. It's, you know, David versus Goliath. Uh, David, <clears throat> David won... And rightly so, I think. I mean, I, I mm. think The Hurt Locker is a fantastic movie. I've been going on about it for months now, it feels like, about how, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant piece of filmmaking with also a very good message mm. um, that, you know, it is telling, putting into a big, the real picture what's actually happening in, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan at the moment. Oh, I have films to admit, like that, little films. Yeah, mm. I never saw The Hurt Locker, but I saw Avatar. And I thought Avatar was really good, except for the fact that it was probably 45 minutes too an hour long. too long. But I just thought it was great, Catherine Bigelow's reaction when she won the first one for the director, of course, the first woman. She genuinely was stunned. She yeah. was pretty much shaking like a leaf. Yeah. And then when they got Best Picture, oh, the poor woman was yeah. away with it. And it's quite nice to see that genuine sort of, you know, surprise in somebody. Because, you know, it's like the Oscars, as Steve says, sometimes you kind of, you've been there, done it, you know, every, you've seen every reaction. But she, her reaction, I thought was really very, quite sweet. And actually, James Cameron was sweet because he he did have genuine admiration and and, mm. and joy on his face yes, yes. for you know his ex-wife. They're still very friendly, and there's no animosity there. And he's he's got Oscars, hasn't he? I mean, he cleared up with oh, uh, yeah, Titanic. Yeah. So, and and that film. Avatar, it's it's one anyway. It's the biggest film of all time. Yeah. I'm glad that Up got something as well. Oh, oh yes. yes. <laughs> I just love Up. I just think it's just... It's so cute. It is the sweetest, <laughs> most the beautiful sweetest story. Ever. So colourful. Yes, it's yeah. got everything going for it. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, and I started watching, and I just got caught up in it, and I thought, this is so clever. Yeah. It's so clever. I think animation has moved on such oh, a pace wonderful. now, hasn't it? From gone are the days when they all did hand drawings and sat there and flipped over. Yeah. Now it's all computerised and the actions are almost almost human. Well, it's amazing what they do with animation and Up is yeah. a, a great example of that. And I think, you know, it's, it came out in 3D, but it didn't need to be in no. 3D. It's just uh, perfect. And at, that was nominated in the Best Picture category as well as Best Animation uh, for the first time ever since Bambi, an animated film in that category, which goes to show what appeal it had and how many and people it touched everywhere. Yeah. You should watch them. Is it Pixar, isn't it? Yeah, Pixar. They turn out some great stuff. My favourite's still Ratatouille, though. No. Yeah, oh, yes. I don't like Ratatouille. Oh, I love Ratatouille. Really? Yeah. I, d I, I liked it. I just didn't think it was long enough. I liked it, but I didn't think it was great. I mean, I like Monsters, Inc. And oh, Toy Monsters, Story. Inc. I'm was a, great. Yeah. I like Car. I'm looking forward to Toy Story, the next one coming out. Yeah, another it's coming one. out in 3D, 3D. as well, yeah. I wish they'd stop with the 3D lark. I don't their glasses give me a bit of a headache yeah. sometimes, and I, I feel like that they're often misted over when they're not. And yes. I keep taking them off and giving them a clean and putting them back on again, and it's not... can't be much good if you've got contact lenses in or something like that, can well, it? Well, I've never tried them because I wear glasses and I think... Well, I wouldn't be able to see if I took my own glasses off, so what do you do, put them over your glasses? I guess yes, you must. You, yes, you, yes, well, I think so. Do? I don't know, when I went to see... Uh, we went to... Where did we go to? Disney. And they had the Michael Jackson film which ran for ages and it starts off you know with the rock coming out the screen and everybody 
try to touch it. And that, that was very good. But after a while, I'm, not, I'm really not that bothered about 3D. So did you not watch Avatar no. in 3D then? No, no I, I didn't. But there was actually a reason I went to 3D, but the, 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 there were only like three seats at the front, so I couldn't do it, so I went to the other showing. Mm. All right, very, very quick. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. She's back on breakfast at 8.30, poor soul. All the pictures on the website. Go and have a look Absolutely. The pictures on the website. LBC 97.3 Morning, everybody. 24 minutes to uh, 7. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC. It's blooming cold outside. Blooming cold. And to Paul and Skye, who saw me on Saturday in Joe Allen's. Oh, really? they're, they're still buzzing, apparently, from the affair. <laughs> I get the... I know. I get the same when I see Matthew Schofield. I see Matthew Schofield, and I look at him and I go, I wish I was more like Matt. Mm. I do, oh, there you are. Many so, do. Many, exactly. Many people think that. I don't even Joe know Allen's. Sorry. So, sorry, sorry, sorry. Ladies first. Oh, yes. I was just going to say, I don't even know what you look like, so you could walk past. Tall, me and I Amazonian, shoulder-length blonde hair, mm-hmm. <laughs> rippling muscles, mm. six-pack, yep. and um, and wears a lot of sandals. Mm. That's the say. other Matthew Schofield. Oh, that's the other one. Which one have we got this morning? <laughs> we have the uh, the normal one. Yeah. Well, I'm s- I'm sorry to tell you mm. that I don't have any porridge. That's all right. Uh, because you had oh, a winner. Oh yes, you ran out, didn't you? I ran out. You had the last one on Friday. We've had another winner. Oh. In fact, both you and Alex. Have had a uh, week last week. La Sarazine won at eight to eleven for him. Profit one pound forty-five. Mm. Total profit twenty pound thirty-seven. Your nag was Azlak. Yes. Won at ten to eleven. Mm. Profit one pound eighty. That's funny because it ran in the four o'clock. Yes. Oh, the odd ones are the best. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> total profit four pound eighty-seven. Oh, nice. So now I'm not sure where we're racing today. It's it's got for Foss here. Oh, Foss Lass. Oh, Foss Lass. But is I haven't it? got Foss Lass on my list. Oh. I've well, got Lingfield, has. Exeter, Newcastle, Southall and Stratford subject to an inspection. No, he, he's got for Foss here. Well, that's that one in Wales, isn't it? Foss Lass. Oh, is it? We've had that before. Well, perhaps we, we don't get that in the British papers. Because <laughs> Wales isn't part of that's Britain. It's not part of us anymore. <laughs> They've decided it's not big enough to worry about. Las Burgo, he, he's got in the four o'clock. OK, well... I hope it's running. Well, we'll see. Yeah. And yours um, is what? Uh, where am I? Oh, 4.25 at Lingfield. Right. So it's, been a f- it's been a long weekend. Did you have a nice weekend? I did, actually. I yeah. went to see Priscilla, Queen of the Desert on what Friday night. What did you think? I think? Well, the second time I've seen it, I thought, brilliant. Yeah. Loved it. I saw, I saw the preview. For some reason, it, it's not dragged me in yet. That very good. Dragged, I see I what know, you did I there. Know. You know, That's I, good. You don't need to signpost my gags, thank oh. you very much indeed. <laughs> I'm naturally funny. <laughs> not, not all the time, it has to be said. So you... <laughs> <coughs> so you oh, made me cough see. again now. Oh, you've so, did you get your turns again, oh, aren't you? Turn. Did you go out for dinner afterwards, then? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that the normal thing to do? You go out to the theatre and then you go for dinner or a few, few bevies or a nightclub? Or... No, we went, we did go to a club, actually. Right. Good Lord. I've not been, I've not been clubbing for a long, time. Do you know, long, we long talked time. about I didn't actually do an awful week. lot of clubbing. No, I mean, we, we, we were talking the other week on the programme about whether you get to a certain age where... You're too old. Oh, you definitely. I was talking to Jonathan oh, Levi, and he said old. that he would go with his wife to a club. But he said, what sort of club? He's not too sure. Mm. And I said, well, I'm way too old to go to nightclubs yeah. now. Yeah, well, every now and again, I go to one. I sat in the corner. I quite oh, enjoy it. I'd be in the corner. Again. All I complain about is, it's too noisy. <laughs> Turn it down. It's exactly. vibrating around yeah. you. <laughs> but at least now, you don't get all the smoke everywhere. Which no, that's very good, before. actually. Yeah. You actually come out and, and you feel human. Yeah. Did you dance? No, 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 no. Oh, I was going to say. God, I wish I'd been in this nightclub. I was going to say, you'd have paid good money. Have, yeah. I'd have paid I mean, good money to get photos of Matthew Schofield dancing. <laughs> there are certain people who you look at and you think can dance. 
Yes. You're not one of them. Oh, that's nice. You're Thank not you. one of no, them. No, you are, you are right, actually. Yeah. You are spot Whereas on. Whereas I'm brilliant. Some people have two left feet. I have three. You have three left feet. Mm, well. That's we'll deal with that in another programme. Anyway, lovely to talk to you. It is, isn't it? And we shall... T- <laughs> Stop it. We'll talk tomorrow. We will. Thank you very much. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Matthew Schofield's having a lovely day and a lovely life, but standing in the corner at parties. What was that song? You'll always find me standing in the corner at parties. Oh, yeah, that's a... It was, it was some like a... bizarre song. Uh, can you ask the lovely Susan... Lovely Susan. It's <laughs> stalking. If uh, Molly and Kevin's affair is going to be exposed. Well, oh, I we go. Th- think it will ultimately, but the storyline coming up next week where Molly discovers she is pregnant. Now, she doesn't even bother to think it could be Tyrone. She goes straight over to Kevin and shows him the picture of the scan and he basically burns it. Oh. Doesn't, doesn't want to know. Useful. Very, very cruel about it. Doesn't want to know. And the the thing about it is, is that I reckon what will happen here is that actually the baby is Tyrone's, but she won't entertain that idea, and it's going to get to the point where the you-know-what is going to hit the fan and everything will come out. Oh, dear. But I think this could be a bit of a slow burner. Could uh, they, they drag this one out they a bit. They could drag this out a little bit. Yeah. Though. I think Tyrone's ultimately awful. Oh, bless him. I know, but he's so drippy, isn't he? Oh, I know. He? I mean, he's a bit he's... like Dev. Wow, they've got back together. Lord knows. Oh, I know. But Dev and Sunita. Tyrone is, he's got that hairy back. Not just hairy back, but we saw the other day, it was sort of, it was, it was creeping up yeah, to all over the place. Yeah, he's got shoulders, yeah. He's a bit I thought of he was a, wearing a rug. He's a bit of a gorilla. But he is I, a think bit. He's, I think he's quite, I think he's quite cute, really. Yeah. What does he do? I can't remember what he does. He's a mechanic, isn't mechanic, he? Mechanic, yeah. He's a mechanic. He works with Kevin in the. Because property up there must be really cheap because he's living in that house by himself. I'm assuming they've got a mortgage. Yeah, they do, because remember they bought the house off of um, Jack and um, Vera. Vera. Yeah, ah, so they've probably got a good price mm. on it. Well, how much that would cost to go and live on Coronation Street? 40 do you remember grand? they did, yeah, I think something... Well, no, actually, I think it would be a lot more than that, but they did do something in one of the silk magazines about how much property costs, mm. and it was cheaper in Coronation Street than any of the other silks. That's a surprise. Yeah. Liverpool, I remember years ago, you could buy a whole row of houses for a pound. <laughs> the council was selling things off because they'd been vandalised, and so they were really up for, for development. They just wanted to get rid of them. Mm. It was like Westminster Council selling cemeteries some years ago, which you'll remember when uh, good old Sherl was selling cemeteries left, right and centre for a quid here and a quid there. More on that probably later. Uh, reviewing the papers with Nick Ferrari this morning is Emma Barnett, the technology and digital media correspondent for The Telegraph. They're talking about, uh, with Trevor Kavanagh, the associate editor of The Sun, is it time John Venables' true identity was revealed? Plus, uh, fathered by uh, eight children by eight different women, what do we do about Benefits Britain? I think we chop their little things off, don't we? I think eight children with eight different women. I've never been so stupid. I'm, I'm always the first person to say, no, I'm sorry, no, no, no benefits for you whatsoever. If you stupidly got yourself pregnant with this man, knowing what his track record was, that's your problem, you pay for it. Uh, and I'm going to talk about the Oscars with Joe Parkinson, who, of course, has been a, a stalwart throughout the night, and special celebrity guest Rory Bremner, who I interviewed many years ago on LBC, and he started talking in a strange voice. Never he was laughing. I thought, I thought, who was that supposed to be? He said, it's you. <laughs> I was quite hurt. Then <laughs> I listened back to it. It sounded quite good, really. He picked up at all the inflections and <laughs> all the things that you do, which we love so much. You don't know you do. Which you don't know that you do. Which, uh, which I always love, it, especially if it winds people up. It, it, it amuses me even more. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Molly and Kevin's affair will come out, but it will be a slow burner. Yes. And mainly due to her pregnancy. Yeah, because she's pregnant, yeah. Over in Emmerdale... Um, Emmerdale, the, oh, cool. this week, 
Charity and Kane get married, and it's one of these. You know, I'm not fond. I like Kane, but I'm not fond of Charity. And he's he knows that she doesn't want to marry him because of all the stuff that he did with the hijacking. So he brings the wedding forward, gets all the dingles involved, gets Charity to the registry office, and she thinks she's turning up for Sam and Elena's wedding. And she's not. She's turning up for her own. Eventually, he convinces her. She gets tra- changed into this dress that Chas that Chaz has brought for her. Then, just as she's saying the vows, she goes speechless when it's her turn. Does she go through with it? Does she not? Quite frankly, I couldn't care less uh, whether she does or not go through with it. But it's just, just like, oh, why do they insist on you know shoving these two down our, our, our throats? I really just don't know why. But the main thing is this week that Debbie Dingle is leaving. She's had enough of their bickering and everything else so she leaves with little sarah for a job in jersey of all places <laughs> she gets a job in jersey and off she goes uh, because of course charlie webb is about mm. to pop any second because she's having a baby so she will be back although there was something i was reading that made me think that charlie webb might not go back to emmerdale she kind of insinuated that she'd wait and see which surprised me wait and see yeah well she might decide she wants to stay at home I used to like that woman with the with the red hair who was in it years and years ago, and I can't remember who she was now, but she left to go and do a couple of other things. I can't remember what her name was. But she Not was... the one that was engaged to Matthew and he got run over and killed. I can't remember. She was lovely. I think she might have been running the pub at some point. Oh, Gab, not Gabby, Diane's daughter, who's now living in Brighton and used to be married to Ashley. Right. Now she's not coming back. Oh, I liked her. I liked her. Sorry, you have to take a short no, break. No, you have to go. You have to take a short break. Kevin says, sorry to nitpick, but Joe Allen has no S at the end. Yes, but you all say I'm eating at Joe Allen's. Might not have the S at the end, but it's grammatically correct. And incidentally, you've spelt it wrong. Quarter to seven. News headlines, Matthew Schofield. The Hurt Locker is the toast of the Oscar. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Ten to seven is the time. And uh, Alex, uh, Matthew, you're right, he didn't give his tip. He told us it was the 425 at Lingfield, and it's total impact. Total impact. He also added tomorrow's fixture in today, and Foslas is an added fixture to today. So now we know. So uh, we've got Las Bergo in Foslas, and the newsroom nag is total impact in the 425 at Lingfield. So good luck to both. We won't win. <laughs> we won't win. Although they, they've had such a good run at the moment. Really good. Five winners from four days. That's mm, not bad, that is, is it? If, if we were playing Norman serious really money. Bad. Bernice in Emmerdale. Bernice, thank Bernice you. Bernice, Bernice. Yes, that I was loved Bernice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Sarah says, I want Debbie Dingle and Natasha Wilde to get together. They're perfect for each other. Well, that's funny you should say that, because remember at the beginning, Natasha um, took Debbie under her wing a little bit for some reason. We never got to the bottom of that. I'm not quite mm. sure why that was. Um, in Coronation Street, this is the week that little Simon goes missing. They go to Blackpool. And little Simon? Little Simon is Peter's... Oh, he's the little right. cute little Oh, actor. the little boy. Oh, right. Um, Peter gets arrested for causing problems with George <laughs> and everything. It's just... It's a ridiculous storyline, this, actually, that this George has managed to basically kidnap this boy and take him under his wing. But anyway, um, they take him to Blackpool and the little lad hears overhears them say, well, we're not going back to Weatherfield, you're not going back to your dad. And so he decides he'll do a runner. So, of course, in the end, what happens mm. is that the Barlows end up running around Blackpool trying to find them. They do... Well, they don't find them. Let's just say he... They like Blackpool, don't they? They like yeah, filming they do, there. because it's so close, isn't it? Um, he does reappear in quite nice circumstances. It's worth watching for that. Um, Gail and Tina go to the Chapel of Rest to see Joe's body. And by the end of the week, though, Tina realises that Gail is prime suspect in the murder case and um, she bans her from Joe's funeral. 
Now, this is... She's going to get banged up, Gail, and I find this just... She, Helen Worth is acting really well in my book. I think she's doing great within the police scenes. But she's going to get banged up, and you just think, God... Do, do these things happen in real life, that this miscarriage of justice business? Because she's absolutely going down. Because um, as far as I know, she's going to share a cell with Tracy Barlow. Mm, um, but um, so, that, so that happens. And then in EastEnders, poor Peggy gets a pint thrown over her this week in her Dolly Parton outfit. Uh, Ian finds out that Lucy's pregnant and goes along with the plan that, she, that Jane will basically bring the child up. So that's a bit of an eye-opener, that one. And um, this Lucas... Oh, that Libby. Libby... You know how Libby used to go out with Darren until it turned out that Darren was the father mm. of George's baby? She comes back from uni to, oh, lo and behold, to be going out with um, Adam, um, who's been after. He's very, very... Um, well, we don't like Adam. He's not a nice character. And she's going out with him. It's like, oh, my God, why are you going out with Adam? Really strange. And we, I'm hoping that Darren slips in there and gets her back. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But it's not real life. I have to remember that. Yeah, I do. I do watch though, and do start believing that sometimes it is. That, that interesting. This coming week on In Conversation, we're talking to Phil Daniels, mm. and Phil Daniels talks about his time there. And he said the problem with EastEnders is they think that they reflect the world. They are the mirror to the window of the world. He said, and of course they don't. They have a story with a Down syndrome baby, and then they go. How are we going to pan this one out? I know, just get rid of her. Yeah, exactly. And that's what exactly. they do. They don't actually follow through, I'm afraid. I think that was one of their bad decisions, to write out Honey and the two kids. Yeah. Because it was like, you've just given Billy some kind of purpose, and then you take it away. And now we see him ambling around, stealing post, and trying to get a date with Carol. It's like, why do that to the guy? Give mm. him more storylines. I didn't understand that at all, why they did that. But Plus, they, they do cop out, though. They actually think, how far can we take this down the line? Do we need to continue with it? If we don't, let's just get rid of them. Mm. And they just come up with something quasi. So that, that's why Phil... In fact, because he was killed off, he said, mm. he said, so there's obviously no chance of me going back now. No, absolutely not. I mean, I, it didn't surprise me that they killed Kevin off, but um, it did surprise me that they killed Bradley off. That still is a yeah. huge surprise to me yes, that they killed him I off. I know. This, the, the funeral on Friday was actually quite sad, I thought. It was quite sad. But I, I, like, didn't, I didn't like the tinkly bits at the end with the, the music. The tinkly bits I thought were very silly. Oh. And Dot, I still like Dot. I don't care whatever she does. June Brown, I think, is fantastic. It was just a little bit over the top. It was, it was. That, that was unnecessary, yeah. that bit. And the tinkly bit with the, you know... I, I suppose they couldn't end on the doofs, but still. The I think doofs. Think, you know. <laughs> they, I saw the producer of it the other day. Was it the executive producer? He's so young. Yeah, Diedrich Santos. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. But you look leaving. at these people. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's leaving. There's Ooh. a new one coming in. He's leaving quite soon, in fact. Barbara will tell you tomorrow. Do hope so. Uh, incidentally, for poor old Kevin, not the brightest penny in the box, he said, I've checked and the spelling of Joe Allen's is correct. He said, of course, Joe Allen's would be grammatically correct if the restaurant belonged to somebody called Joe Allen. But sadly, Kevin, as you're not that bright, it is owned by Joe Allen, I'm afraid. <laughs> there is a Joe Allen who owns Joe Allen's, unfortunately. <laughs> I can't expect you to know that. It's not, you know, not your problem. But there you go. <laughs> 84850, Uh Mylene, Queen of the Oscars. Mylene Class was covering for one of the TV companies and the skirt fell open. Luckily, there was a photographer there to oh, capture the luckily, moment. Yeah, yeah. We get so panicky if she doesn't oh, get a picture in the front of the paper. And will Simon Cowell get married? Yes. It's a big question. I think he will too. I don't. I, as as everybody said, it's unusual to find somebody who has tamed him. And what does Jane Fonda look like at seventy-two? Unbelievable. There's a picture in the uh, mail oh, today for seventy-two. Yeah. But then, of course, nobody in uh, in Hollywood is allowed to age. At no. all, which is a shame. And the good news is a glass of wine a day can help you stay slim. 
So working on that assumption, a bottle is really fantastic. <laughs> so good news oh, for everybody. I love it when you see these things. <laughs> I love stuff like that. Just about it. So we're, we're looking out in EastEnders for, for Peggy getting drenched. Yeah, and, and look out also for her Dolly Parton outfit. Right. That she has on. Is it going to be fairly busty? For, I shall well, check. Well, it's just one of these things that you, you just think, yeah. So, yeah, you're looking out for that. And I, I think the best of them of the week, this one, if you're only going to watch one of the soaps, if I were you, I would watch Coronation Street. Right. For action. For best storylines and for action. Just as long as we stop anything that's got Devin at the moment, because it's driving... He's, he's not actually in it this week. Good. Some of it is, is almost embarrassingly pantomime-ish. Mm. And, and also, um, what's it who runs the little corner shop from Rita? Norris? Norris. He's become quite peculiar. Well, he's going to get a big storyline where he, where the he gets involved in a storyline very similar to Misery, um, which is you know where the um, the author came, yeah. or, or he was the author in the woman kidnapped him in the woods. Mary does that to him. Oh, lovely! Just what we need, isn't it? Mm. Just what we need. Susan, thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. Susan's back with us next week on the program. Wrap up warm because it's freezing yes. out today. Although another nice, bright, sunny day, which is a good start to the week as I'm sure you'll have loads to talk about with Nick Ferrari, who's with you after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. I'm back tomorrow morning at 5. First of all, this morning's business update with Matthew Schofield. Thanks, Steve. Business leaders are disagreeing.